I'm deviating a little bit from my study in Ephesians. It's uh, with some of the things that Brother Leroy has given me. And uh, on one side, it's, it's called Sword Searcher. On one side, I can, I can bring it up and I can have just the Bible there. Then I can click it and it brings up the uh, Strong's Concordance. And underneath it, they'll have the Hebrew, and I can I can right click on that, and it'll it'll bring up what it's all talking about there. And on the other side, it's got all the books and everything. Underneath, it's got all of the uh, uh, commentaries or people that comment on it. And if it's in bold, that means that you can look at that because that pertains to the verse you're looking at and everything. And it's it's amazing when you you look at these things and and everything that's in there. So I still need to do a little bit of more more studying on that. Uh, but today I'm, I want to look at our, our our wants and our needs. You know, these are two different things. And it's in, in this day and age we live with these millennials and these whatever they call them, Gen X. We got Gen Z and everything. People just so much that they, that they think that they're owed things. You know, and we're going to leave. We're going to see today that. You know, there's a difference between what we really do need in our lives and the things that we might want to. There's a lot of people out there, they'd want to live to, 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 to win the lottery, like this big one they had that was, what, over a billion dollars and everything. But when we look at that, you, you talk to some people, and they wish they never would have won the lottery. Do we really need all of that? You know, I, I think it clouds our thinking and everything. So the first place I'd like to look at today is if we would go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, we're just going to read verse 19. There's a couple other verses in here, but I'm going to get to that a little bit later. But the, the Apostle Paul writes, But my God shall supply all your need, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So we can see Paul, he starts out and he says, you know, but my God, my God. But when, when we read this, we can say, but it's, it's my God. He shall supply all your need. And our God does supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So it's, it's what? If we look at it, it's according to his riches, God's riches in Christ Jesus, in glory in Christ Jesus. Brother Roger alluded to the fact that he says, what did, what did Brother Roger say, if everybody remembers? Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That's what really gets into it, Brother Roger doesn't, the variableness. But all these gifts that we get, Come down from him. He's the father of lights. He's the one that sent the light into the world for us. That's his son, Jesus Christ. And there's no changing with him, is there? No, no variableness. He's not wishy-washy and everything. That's when you read the Bible, you can see. You know, when we look at this, and when he says that Paul knew God, and he says, my God shall supply all your needs. Needs. Not what you want but what you need. You know, I would like to have a Corvette, but my Honda 
CRV is good, isn't it? It gets me around, doesn't it, Gary? When you have a good vehicle, when you have that. I mean, both of them are cars, but let's look at it. You know, I, I don't really need that Corvette to get around. But I need, we need good, what? Reliable transportation. That's one of the things. You know, when he takes care of us, you know, I, I'd like, to, I'd like to, to eat filet mignon or, uh, prime rib, but I, but I, do I really need that? Sometimes a bologna sandwich does just as good, doesn't it? But, so these are the things we need to look at. You know, Brother Roger says that he's, he's been eating sweets lately. And, but I, but I know with me that sweets are not good for me because I'm a diabetic. Do I eat sweets here and there? Yeah. But it's, it's, I, 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 I will want to have a lot of that stuff. And fortunately, I have a, a good wife who takes care of me that says sometimes, you don't need that, Dave. See what I mean? I don't need that. I want it, but I don't need it. So these are things that we have to look at. And God is good to us. You know what? He gives us what we stand in need of. You know, when we go to him in the Lord's Prayer, you know, you know, give us this day our daily bread. What he's saying is, we're asking him is, give us the things that I stand in what? In need of to make it through that day. Because he knows exactly what we need to get us through today. You know, and... We look at it because the things that we need today weren't the things that we needed yesterday because that day's gone and passed. But he knows what we stand in need of tomorrow because he knows exactly what everybody is going to go through tomorrow because he's, what is it, brother? Omniscient is he knows everything. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. And he knows everything in between. But he knows all of these things for each and every one of us. You know, sometimes when we complain, we're, we're complaining against God, aren't we? Because we're not satisfied with what he's doing for us. Turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. So, you know, we were talking about praying. So he's, he's saying, and he's going on, and he's saying, you know, but when, but you know, when you pray, look at verse seven, we'll get to verse eight, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like unto them. This is Jesus. He's warning us and he's telling us, don't be like these people. Don't be like them. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. So before we even ask Him, He knows, He knows what we stand in need of. Isn't that, isn't that awesome when we, we realize there, we have a God who's in heaven that knows all of these things. You know, when he says, don't be like unto them, you know, we, we need to heed that and, and not be like them. 
you know, and then he goes on to, to give us the, the Lord's Prayer. You know, we have to understand, some people say, well, you know what? If he knows what things we have stand in need of, before we ask him, why do we even need to pray? Why do we need to pray? Brother Roger would be one of the first ones to say, because it shows our obedience to not only God, but our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And how much we have faith in them to do these things for us. See, that's what we got to understand, that he knows all of these things, but because we, we love Jesus and we love God, that we're willing to go to him in prayer to show how much that we think of them and what they can do for us. You know, if you look at chapter 6, we just said in verse 11, you know, it says, give us this day our daily bread. We just talked about that a little bit, a little bit ago. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, that, that word bread doesn't really mean food. Give us this day our daily bread. The thing, like I said earlier, the things that we stand in need of to get through this day. You know, he knows exactly. Sometimes we think we know better than he knows. But he knows exactly what we stand in need of because we are part of his family. That's one of the things I was going to get into in Ephesians chapter 2. We're part of his family. And being part of his family, you know, our fathers, even though we think our earthly fathers, let's say, our earthly fathers, we think that we knew better than them, right? We thought that we knew what was good for us. And our fathers tried to explain to us and say, hey, look, this is how you need to be. And he would tell us the things we needed in this world. And we have a heavenly father who knows the things that we need all the time. And I know sometimes we think, and there's people that think that they know better than God. And sometimes even in this day and age, we still do that same thing, Brother Roger. We think we know better than God. Or God doesn't know exactly what I'm going through. Oh, he knows exactly everything about us. Or we think, well, all these billions of people that are in the world today, how can, and, and I don't know how many Christians are in the world, but how can God know exactly what I need when all these other people are out there? What I said earlier, he's the infinite God. We, we cannot comprehend him. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That's how we, we don't, we don't, we gotta realize that God is working. I know I said it already behind the scenes to help us and take care of us and watch over us. He's, he's just, he's just, he's just an awesome God. That's what he really is. Look at verses 31 through 34 in Matthew chapter 6. You know, he says, Jesus talking, he says, therefore take no thought. That's a pretty admonition. He's telling us, don't, don't worry about it. Don't take no thought. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. 
you know, the things that he's talking about is eating, drinking, or our clothing, which probably includes our house and everything. But you know what? Your heavenly father. So he's talking, he's talking Gary Hu to a particular group of people because he's saying it's your heavenly father. That means you're one, you're part of the family of God. You're part of the family of Jesus Christ. We have been adopted into that family. Your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But he goes on. My favorite word is but, right, Bill? But seek ye first. He, he knows you have all these things, but he's saying you need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. We're talking about faith, trust. We have faith in him. We have trust in him that he's going to do these things. He's going to give you all of these things. going to be added unto you. In verse 34, he says, Take therefore no thought. What he's really telling you there is, do not worry for tomorrow. I know someone that tells me that all the time. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. What he's saying is, you know what? He's going to add those things you need for tomorrow. He's going to take. Don't worry about tomorrow. He's telling you what? Worry about today. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. See, there's there's so many things that we can worry about, but he's telling us don't worry about these. Don't worry about these things. You know, my wife says, you know, all the time, God has it. God's got it. You know, I, I like to bring up every now and then that, you know, Allstate, it said, you know, what what did it say? It shows those two hands, right? It says you're in good hands with Allstate. I want to have God. I want to be in his hands. We're in good hands when we trust in God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because why? We're telling him that we're showing him that we trust you. The things that I need, I'm trusting you, Lord. And then things happen. You know, a long time ago, I was in an accident. And the people were suing me, and I thought I could handle everything. I could, I can take care of all of this stuff. I can find out everything I need. He asked my wife, we went to him, the Lord, in prayer, and we said, God, I just give it all up to you. You know, we were a couple of weeks away from trial. We've been to the lawyer. The lawyer had said, you know what? Be prepared. You know, that this is, it was going to be probably three, four days, he said, because there were going to be a lot of expert testimony going on and whatever. And I said, you know what, Lord? I just, I just give it all up to you. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. He knew the outcome. He knew exactly what was going to happen because he's omniscient. He knew it. I didn't know it. I was trusting in myself and not in him. And when, when I gave it up to him and brother Roger, we, you know, we know that God looks on the inside. He looks into our heart. And I think he looked into my heart and my wife's heart and saw that we had fully given it up to him. Within a couple of days, I got a call from the lawyer. Says we don't got to go to trial. He says that they settled. They settled 
with us for way less than my policy limits on my insurance. And I said, well, what did they settle for? Now, as we could see, they was being greedy because he said part of the agreement they made with them people was they could not tell me, my lawyers could not tell me the exact monetary amount that they had settled for because they were so embarrassed. They were so embarrassed. See, when we put it up, we give it all to him. That's when we do these things with our needs and our wants. He knows what we have in need of. He knows what's good for us. He knows what tomorrow is going to bring. Don't worry about these things. Now, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm a, you can ask my, my wife, I'm a kind of a little bit of worry about I'm going to worry about tomorrow and other things. And if it's going to snow tomorrow, if it's going to rain tomorrow, I'm worried about things like this. Don't worry about those things. God's going to take care of it for each and every one of us. Turn to Luke chapter 12. Verses 29 through 32. It's pretty much the same thing. And seek ye not, and seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. There's that word doubt again, isn't it? Doubting not. Neither be of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto new, to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Excuse me. Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth or ruins it. So we can see that in verse 29, And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink. Isn't it amazing? We look at these things as he takes care of us. In verse 28, look what it says. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more shall he clothe you? What does he say there, Brother Roger? O ye of little faith. Little faith. You know, the nations seek after all these things. What ye shall eat, what ye shall drink. But I like what, I like what Jesus says, neither be of doubtful mind. That's our, that's our main problem. And who is the one that casts the doubt into our hearts and into our minds? Satan. Satan. God can't give you that. God don't really care about you. He's not going to do these things for you. He's not going to give you those things you stand in need of. You know, we look at our congregation, you know, God's been really good to us. He really has. He's taken care of us. We went through, we went through some rough times. We went through some rough times in the, in, in the church and everything. And, but, but he's there for us all the time. See, it's, it's not, it's not he that doubts. We are the ones that are doubtful of what he can do for us. But he is so, he is, he is such an awesome God. You know, there's a song, you know, 
Our God is an awesome God. He reigns, I can't remember exactly, He reigns from heaven above. And He's sitting up there. And His Son Jesus Christ is sitting at His right hand, making intercession for us. It's just, it's just awesome when we realize these things. Turn to, to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, look at verse, let's read 14, 15, and 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Paul tells us who that is, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us firmly to our profession. What is our profession? We're Christians. We need to hold fast to that. That's a special thing to being a child of God being part of his family. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. So do we really fully comprehend that verse there? You know, he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities because he knows through the things we went through because what? He was in all points tempted like as we are. He didn't live... He lived a perfect life, but he knew what these things were. He went through a lot of things. Jesus wept, the Bible says. He was hungry, just like we are. He went through these things, but he was yet without sin. Look at it in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly. That word there, boldly, is confidently. Let us therefore come confidently under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of, what does it say? Need. It doesn't say in time of want. It says in time of need. In time of need. Isn't it? It's, it's fantastic when we can say that we can come confidently under that throne of grace. The throne of grace. We know what grace is, the unmerited favor of God. So we can come unto there confidently that we are going to obtain mercy. We are going to obtain mercy. And we are going to find grace in time of need. He does not leave us alone. Remember, Jesus promises, one of the promises, he says unto us what? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's never going to leave us and he's never going to forsake us. You know, we got to understand, he doesn't turn his back on us. That's the word forsaking mean. He forsakes it. We do what? There's times when we do, we do, let's, let's be honest with ourselves, we do turn our back on him every now and then. We do it. We're not perfect. We're not like Jesus Christ. We were tempted, but we did sin. Find grace to help in time of need. It's, it's, it's such an awesome God that we do serve. I hate, I, I guess I'm going to probably word to use awesome a lot today. I, I apologize for that, but turn to Hebrews chapter 13. 
We're going to read verses, I just wrote down five, but we're going to read verses five and six. I've got both five and six underlined in my Bible. Let your conversation, your walk in life, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, here we go, I'm sorry, I, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, we, Paul says, the Lord is my helper. We can say the Lord is my helper. He's my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Because God is so good unto us. Be content with what things, such things as ye have. This is what I say. When we complain, we're complaining against God. Because I'm not content. I'm not happy with the things that you've given me. The things that I have. We've got to realize that even through all of these things, he says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. This is a comfort unto us in our lives. Knowing that when we're going through some things, this week, I, I don't know why I was really, I was really worried about this colonoscopy. I don't know why. I was really worried. And I, I, I didn't need to worry about it. Because, as my wife says, God has it. God's in control. God is in control all the time. There's not a time that God is not in control of this world. We have to completely understand that if God is not in control, right? If God is not in control of everything that happens in this world, how can he be God? How can he be God? I'm going to ask a question. You, you can answer that. Think of that over this week. How can he be God if he's not in control of everything that happens in this world? We were just reading something the other day, weren't we, darling, that, you know, that, that sometimes, you know, it keeps, you keep sitting there and saying, you know, why does he put certain, certain leaders in? That's up to his good pleasure. Sometimes we don't know why he allows different presidents to be elected. And I'm sure people have thought of that throughout the history of the United States, why he allows certain presidents to be elected. I can't answer that because I don't know. But he does. He's in control. So who's ever been president, who's ever been, who's ever is president right now, we know President Biden, he allowed him because President Biden can have no power unless it came from God. That's what the scriptures tell us. So sometimes sometimes he puts puts people in there to show us how sinful we really are. Look through the scriptures. Look in the Old Testament. You're going to see Jeroboam was one of them in the Old Testament. He was bad. He led the people astray. There are some bad leaders in Israel who led them astray so bad that, that God sent them into captivity. And we got to be prepared because it could come into this country of ours. We need to be ready so that we may boldly, I'm going to say confidently say, the Lord is my helper. Isn't it, isn't it great when you can say that, Gary? The Lord is my helper. 
And because he's my helper, I'm not going to fear what anybody else can do unto me. We had one guy when I worked at UGN. He was so worried about getting fired. His name was Jonah. I said, Jonah, don't worry about it. If they fire, that's all they can do to you. They can fire you. Go out and find another job. They can't do anything more to you than that. Sometimes we've got to realize that we got to, we all got to give it up to him. It's hard to sometimes, let me tell you. Turn to Second uh, Corinthians. I can't believe I'm going backwards. Second Corinthians chapter 11. You know, Paul, just a little bit before this, Paul, I know Brother Roger, he, he's quoted this scripture. It's, you know, we look at verse, you know, he, he talks about, Paul talks about all the things that happened to him. Everything. And there are some things that here that, that he didn't want to happen to him, but evidently the Lord thought it was needful, Brother Roger. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know there's some things that are not good things, but... Romans 8, 28 says what? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, I want to actually uh, just go to verse 28, but look at here. And he says, you know, in verse 23, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, and labors more abundant, and stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, and deaths off. Look at what he said. The Jews five times received I 40 stripes. Save one. That means he was whooped with either a whip, a, a whip or a stick, and he, they gave him thirty-nine. This is what sometimes I think people think that they don't understand what the the King James says. Five times he received thirty-nine stripes. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Remember reading that he was stoned. He was left for dead. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. Look at what he says. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, even his own countrymen, and then by the heathen, in the city, in the wilderness, in the sea, among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings, often in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. But look at in verse 28. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So he went through all these things. But what did he, what did it was really? He says what? Besides those things that were out, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. All these things that he went through, he was going to take care of the church. First and foremost, the needs, what he's saying is the needs of the church, the care of the church. What the churches stood in need of, he took care of them. We can look at Ephesians and see how he prayed for that church. He was in the church at Ephesus for, for probably, what, what, over three years he was there. The care of the churches. Turn to 1 Timothy.
First Timothy chapter six. Six through eight. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Remember, we're talking about content. Be content with such things as you have. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be, I'm sorry, be therewith content. Be content. You know, we didn't bring anything into this world, did we? You know, some people make this thing, you know, it was, I, I was in my birthday suit. We brought nothing into this world. We're not going to take anything out. Not at all. We need to trust in everything that he does for us. Turn to the book of, of, of James. James chapter 4, verse, you know, we're going to read verses 1 through 3. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, but cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye receive not, ye have, I'm sorry, but ye have not, because ye, re- ah. Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Because why? We're not asking for what we need. We're asking for things that we want, because we're going to consume it upon our our lusts in the world in which we live today. Turn back to the book. Let's go back to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 18 through 20. You know, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So we as ministers need to speak boldly. That boldly means that we're supposed to bring out those things that you stand in need of. Now, some people say, well, we want to hear these things. We want to hear these good things preached unto us. We don't want to hear the bad things preached unto us. We want to hear all the good things, Brother Roger. Brother Roger, Brother Leroy, and myself are not here to make everybody feel good. That's an emotional thing. We need to face reality, don't we? Sometimes that's hard to face reality. But we're supposed to speak boldly as we ought to speak. Turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 18 through 20. 
Uh, Philippians chapter 4 again. We're going to read verses 11 through 13. Remember, we started on in verse 19, 11 through 13. Not that I speak in respect of want. It's Apostle Paul writing. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So Paul said, you know what? I've been through some good times. I've been through some bad times. But through all those good times and bad times, he says what? I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. To be content. Because if he was not content with those things and he complained, he's not complaining to man. He's complaining to God. and saying, I'm not content with what you're giving me here, God. You need it. You know, and sometimes it's like, you know, you need to do better than this. Sometimes that's in the hearts of so many people. You, you can do better than this, can't you, God? I need a little bit more. You need a little bit more money, a little bit more food. In all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. And, you know, we can look at it and we can know to understand that we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. That's what we got to understand. It's God who strengthens us and gives, yeah, strengthens us and gives us that courage to continue on. Go to the book of, of First Timothy, chapter six. I think we already read this, but I want to I want to close with this. But godliness with contentment. So he's saying you can have godliness, but you gotta have that contentment. You gotta be content. Godliness with contentment. So you can't have the one without the other if you want to prosper, right? It's saying that godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can take nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But let's read on. Starting in verse 9, my favorite word, but. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. See, money is not the root of all evil. He's saying the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith, or they have turned away from the faith, they've covered it, they were greedy about. 
They have turned away from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. There's my word again, but. But thou, O man of God, he's talking to a certain group of people. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. That means deliberately seek eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Let's be content with the things that he's given unto us. Let's be content with the day by day, the daily blessings that he gives unto us. Because he knows us better than we know ourselves, and he knows what we stand in need of. I thank you for your kind attention this morning.